It's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we do our best to connect the dots between who we are as physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual beings. And um, I have a website that you'll be able to go to. There's probably about 260 shows there now. And that's www.synergyconnectionradio.com. When you get to the website on the landing page, you will see a link that goes into Boomers Forever Young. And this is a world-class company that's located in St. Petersburg, Florida. Um, They have nutritional products that I have used for probably the last five years. And my most recent physical, my inflammation level was a 0.1. You want it below one. So there's virtually no inflammation running around in my body at this point. Um, My um, immune system function was at 100. And you want that above 70. So I'm obviously doing something right with these products that will keep me healthy. And for the last two and a half years now, so many people have been fighting not only COVID, but even the vaccinations giving them complications. And so if your immune system is not where it needs to be, you are going to have more problems than if it is. And if your inflammation level is not low, then when you do contract COVID and you have the long hauler syndrome, it's much harder to come back from it. Um, I have friends who you know, have uh, come down with COVID or they've had complications from the vaccine and they are struggling. So uh, it's just something I encourage everyone to do. Go to the website, check out their testimonies, check out their blogs, check out their YouTube videos, Um, They even have podcasts that explain some of the products and how they work. So don't be afraid to click on it and run around inside that website and, you know, maybe get educated on some things you could do to stay healthy. If you were to decide to order anything, if you use my first name, L-U-C-Y, in the discount um, bar, then you're going to get $5 off of your order. And it helps with shipping, um, unless you're on the subscription. It also, um, you know, it's about, it's a little less or a little more, I guess, than uh, a price of a gallon of gas at this point. Around here, gas is running around 410 to 415 a gallon. I think in other places I've spoken with people and it's over $5 and $6. So it just depends on what state you're in and probably what city you're in. So anyways, um, do check out the website and uh, sign up for their uh, free newsletter as well. All right. I have with me somebody that is brand new to the show. His name is Lincoln Stoller. And uh, Lincoln is, excuse me, a physicist. He is uh, involved with neural feedback. He's a hypnotherapist. And he helps to reframe issues of emotion, relationship, health, heart, and mind. And we're going to be talking today about instant enlightenment and becoming aware of your state of mind. And my goodness, I think in today's world, I'm not sure that any of us know what our state of mind is anymore, Lincoln. (laughs) It just depends on what's going on in our lives at any given time. So welcome to the show. Thanks. 
why don't you talk to us a little bit about what what is instant enlightenment? I don't even know how I would want to um, describe that. How do, how do you get to to go there? You know, and just instantly be enlightened. Well, the uh, the topic is a book I'm finishing, so it had a lot of uh, angles to it, and the idea was that even the concept of well, enlightenment is somewhat religious, but even more abstractly, to be enlightened about something is largely, well, here's the confusion. I think most people feel that to be enlightened about something means to have more information. Well, maybe that's a confusion of language, but I think that's a misunderstanding or a confusion between data and and um, attitude, because for the most part, becoming enlightened about something involves seeing it in a different way. Um, you know, you mentioned the things I do. Uh, I also spent the last year becoming a certified clinical counselor, which was interesting in this regard, because the question of becoming enlightened has always been a sort of bugaboo for psychology, having sort of religious implications or, or I don't know, it's very anti-medical, you know, very anti-allopathic, the idea of being enlightened, right. miracle cures and so forth. And um, I just have to say that in all my experience, um, which is broad, mm -hmm. changes of mind have really defined the difference between types of people, um, the course of a person's life, and certainly the course of mine. And the interesting thing of, is that, that uh, so getting to the point of becoming enlightened about things, which is what I wanna focus on, not the concept of religious enlightenment, which I think is always slippery and it can't I don't even think it can be pinned down into one thing but so just stepping back to the idea of becoming enlightened about things mostly about yourself the crucial observation is that you make your state of mind and your state of mind changes very quickly or it can change when it does change very quickly it's it's not a slow progress in the way that acquiring data is uh, when you change your frame you're in a new place it's you know for lack of a better word instant all right i have a question for you then because i mean I, I talk to my own clients because as a psychotherapist i continue to see people as well as do this podcast and um you know mindset mindfulness is is that some of what you're talking about? Because when a person looks at their beliefs and understands them to a better degree, they can shift and it is very instant. Well, I distinguish mindfulness from mindset since mindfulness is, you know, the, the procedure of, um, you know, sitting and sort of meditating in this modern Western mode. Mm -hmm. But to expand it to mindset, I'll accept mindset as the as the keyword. Um, yeah, and, and like you and I could really uh, agree on 
uh, a, a way to use mindset therapeutically or how it plays a role in therapy and counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, people, when I think of my own clients, I'm increasingly thinking of them in terms of their mindset. And most of the work <clears throat> that we do centers on changing mindset. Mm-hmm. And everyone comes to you and me too, absolutely. I mean, the whole project, as you know, is very reflective for our own needs, personally, yours for your needs and mine for mine, is we think that the world, uh, that we're, we're working against the world or when we're lucky with the world. And if the world would change or our opportunities would change, then then we would slide into a new position. And so we're, we're trying to change the world or trying to change what other people do or think. And, uh, you know, we have a certain sort of, we give a certain amount of, you know, talk to changing our own attitudes, but mostly we're, we're working with all the assets we have and we're, we're, we're sort of unwilling to change because it, it feels like becoming weak you know, the whole issue of letting go to get a better grip and being vulnerable to be strong and um, all, all these conundrums of uh, heroism and weakness. <laughs> so when I, you know, and then people who come to you with, with counseling problems are usually stuck in some way. They're stuck or their world is stuck or they're stuck up against something and they want to get over it. And I, I always feel that, at least with my clients, we quickly reach the problem, the boundary, the obstacle, and there we stick, you know, <laughs> sort of battering against it. And what y- usually makes progress is whenever they change their point of view. Uh, something happens, maybe it's not the point of view they want, but they see something new. Um, we talk about it, or I talk about it with my clients, intellectually, historically, uh, emotionally. And then, it, you know, you can't do too much with another person's point of view. You can make suggestions and you can point things out. But especially when somebody's stuck on something, they're usually fighting to prevail in some way, which means they, they both see the problem in a certain way and they see the solution as being a certain thing. And maybe they see themselves as lacking in power to make it happen. And most of my work, and maybe yours too, is about getting people to see things they don't see and uh, perhaps allowing themselves to be people they aren't comfortable with yet and those changes when they happen um they happen quickly Uh, i'm not to say that everything rearranges instantly but if you well i want to say me if if i deal with somebody and um i get them in touch with something powerful that they didn't they weren't in touch with before things start to change so that's what I mean by roughly 
instant enlightenment. It's it's not a single step to a new paradise. It's uh, a small crack in an otherwise um, difficult situation. You know, what I'm kind of thinking is I always call them aha moments. Yeah. And so, you know, all of a sudden you you get that crack and then you go, oh, my goodness, I didn't look at it that way. I, you know, now I understand the situation differently. And so then they are met with the choice, you know, OK, you can maintain your old belief and see where that gets you. Or you can adopt maybe a different understanding of the situation and see where that gets you. Let me jump in here and say, I, I think it's really important in my work anyway, to let go of your intention, for a person to let go of their intention. And I think the way a person lets go of their intention is they get guided by some other intention. So that's why I'm always interested in hypnosis and states of mind. And, and you know, the, the key thing you have to understand about hypnosis is that everything's hypnosis. It's all states of mind. It's all frames of mind and frames of reference and perspective. And some of them are, are very conscious and some of them are very dreamlike. But what a person wants, I think, to generalize is to have flexibility. And uh, one of the, you know, the best areas to develop flexibility is dream work because we all can do that work to more or less extent if we work at it. And it's a very fluid reality. As everybody knows, fluid might be an understatement <laughs> for dream reality. But um, hypnotism tries to get you, or hypnotherapy, I should say, because hypnotism can be a parlor trick as well. Hypnotherapy tries to get you in touch with the things that don't make sense in your world in a way to put them together so that the blocks which are both uh, obstructing you and out of which you're constructing your worldview can be rearranged somehow. So when I take people in hypnosis, I usually ask them to, I start by asking them to imagine either how things could be different or uh, what they feel might be going on behind the appearance of things or what their fantasies are. And then I draw them, invite them, and encourage them to make those alternate points of view powerful. Powerful enough, it's very much, if you've done any writing or painting, powerful enough to take control of the whole narrative so that you don't even speak anymore. They speak, the stories, the pictures, the characters, and you listen, or I listen and they listen, can and you, it becomes yeah, like an exploration. Yeah, I mean, I I understand where you're coming from, but I think we might lose some of the people that are listening to this. Is there a way that you can give a little bit of an example? So yeah, let's just say the, the typical way to do this is first you do relaxation. You get somebody to relax and you you even relaxation is not well understood. So there's muscular re relaxation and there's cardiac relaxation and pulmonary, relax your breath, lower your pulse. Uh, imagine your, your uh, extremities getting warmer so that you're relaxing 
your capillaries and your muscles, and then work on your mind, try to quiet your mind, but don't force, you know, don't sort of put lead weights on your mind, let it sort of float. And then I see this is the, this is the sort of procedure or one of the standard procedures mm -hmm. uh, of how you go there protocol. And then have the person I'm talking to describe a situation, um, either what they imagine, actually it's better if what they imagine, because then there's less sort of presumed reality to it. Um, so bring in characters who are important to you. And this could be historical if that's where you want to start, or it could be something you're worried about. And uh, so if you're worried about money, well, personify money, you know, who in your life personifies the worries or the opportunities and um, inflate those characters so that they actually have what you ascribe to be their personality. And then uh, what do they have to say? Invent the story as if you were a fiction writer. Um, and, and here's what, where my role becomes useful because most people stall in that process you know, of making things up. Mm -hmm. At some point they say, this is just ridiculous. Uh, I'm just making this all up. And, and I have to encourage them. I say, of course you are. That's exactly where we're going. We're trying to sort of get the muse of creativity to get these characters to speak for themselves. And any good author will tell you that at some point that happens. Their characters take over the narrative. They don't micromanage everything. And I feel that's the same way with your psyche. Mm -hmm. If you're micromanaging your psyche, it's never going to work out because you you're just not smart enough to see everything from every point of view these characters that exist in your mind are there to do that and they fight and they condemn you and they encourage you and you dream about them and what you want to do is get in touch with them because that's much more effective than trying to control them or sculpt them or discipline them none of which works um, so you get in therapy and hypnosis, people who are relaxed enough to fantasize and uh, laugh about it and maybe not be so attached to it. And the rest of us, probably me included, who are too rational and trying to figure things out and trying to insist that the world behave itself. And those of us who do that kind of get stuck in this rational mode, which is full of conflict, yeah. rational, right? Well, you know, and, and I, um, I don't know, I'm kind of listening to this and thinking, okay, you and I have spoken in the past about the fact that we spend 95% of our time intellectualizing everything. You know, we, we Google something, we listen to a pundit, we read a book, we, you know, but we go to someone else other than ourselves to figure out life. And it's only when you go to your heart, your intuition, that you really will hear your truth, you know, not somebody else's truth. So in a way, isn't that what you're doing with the hypnotic state and allowing these characters to kind of come forth and speak to you? about you know the importance of money or health or a job or a relationship or whatever it might be it's very ambiguous because when you do this horizontal reading or horizontal research and you think you're going to some other person or resource to get an alternate opinion uh -huh. what you're really doing is you're selecting who you want to listen to exactly to justify 
what you think is going to educate you. And it, then you're hearing from them yeah. your own filter of what you want to see. Oh, that is, that is so true. And it's been true in particular since the pandemic, because I think, you know, more people were tuning in to what is the world doing and how are they managing this you know, health issue and should I be vaccinated? And is it time for me to get the second booster? And who says? <clears throat> so, yeah. I feel a lot of people are losing a measure of control mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in their attempt to become more. And this is the paradox of it. You attempt to learn more. And this is not a bad paradox. You attempt to learn more and you end up being less sure of yourself. And that's actually a good thing. Right. Um, you know, that is what knowledge in, that's the consequence of knowing things is you, that you now are less sure because there's so many more possibilities, but we're not generally comfortable with that. Well, no, that's true. Um, But I I think one of the most beautiful things that has come from these past two and a half years is people have decided in part, at least, to consult with themselves. You know, what do I believe rather than what does somebody else tell me to believe? And so there's a little bit more research going on that people are actually doing internally. You know, they're asking their heart, they're asking themselves, you know, do I believe this anymore? Do I want to have somebody else dictating to me or do I want to make decisions more for myself? I'm going to surf on that idea a little by saying, and this may sound like I'm contradicting you, but I'm not, that the result of that has made people more defensive, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, well, now that they're stepping they're into their own shoes, yeah. they're much more concerned about tripping over the decisions they make. And it can make them appear more hostile or uh, more factional um, as they make decisions or try on decisions that are now creations of their own Mm -hmm. and I think or maybe I should say I feel the opportunity there is for people to understand that they're now starting to communicate authentically with each other and with themselves and they really need this is where people really need to open up and realize that you're making the world at this point you're no longer following you're now starting to lead right right to do that effectively that's a real responsibility it's like being a parent Mm-hmm. Now you can't, uh, you know, set your schedule the way you want it <laughs> and uh, set the mood of the house the way you think it should be. Right. And the responsibility now becomes one of uh, nurturance. Yeah, yeah. Rather than conclusion. Hold, hold that thought for just a second. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Are you feeling stressed and anxious about life? Have elevated blood pressure? Experiencing weight gain? Having problems with your immune system? Getting healthy and staying healthy is more important than ever. And it has never been easier when you have fundamental nutrition from Boomer Products. Restore the youth and vitality you are used to in just minutes a day. Check out our website at www.boomerboost.com to see thousands of reviews from customers just like you who are benefiting from Boomer Products. While you're there, check out our podcasts, blogs, and videos, and get caught up on the latest health news and information. Use promo code LUCY at checkout. That's L-U-C-Y to save $5 on your order. Stop existing and start living today with Boomer Products. 
Welcome back to the Synergy Connection Show, where I have as my guest, Lincoln Stoller. And we're talking about authenticity and learning to kind of uh, try on, I guess, this new, I don't want to say clothes, but in a way it is. It's like you go into your closet and maybe something that you remembered feeling or believing when you were a kid, all of a sudden you're going to get it out and put it back on and say, you know what? That feels better to me now than being the adult and being afraid felt to me, you know, yesterday. So I'm going to, you know, come back in and be this um, warrior and, and kind of do my own battle. I don't know. That, does that make some sense to you? Um, I have this sort of impish desire <laughs> to make things crazy. Uh, and I do try to tell my clients, you know, don't, don't feel bad about being odd or crazy, you know, be as crazy as possible. Crazy is stepping out of norm and losing control of uh, things. Uh -huh. And that's how you find novelty uh -huh. and uh, inspiration, uh, creativity. Uh, I, I mean, there, there are two problems. You want to get out of your mindset, but you don't want to fall off the edge of the world. So we have all these, these models like uh, driving fast or taking risks or, um, you know, being uh, some like a celebrity of some kind. And um, they're all sort of ambiguous solutions to how to be different, but not to fail. Uh, so our fear and our aspirations get wrapped up in these role models and these things that we do. And I'd like to encourage people to recognize that they're two separate things. You know, you have to look at what are your personal boundaries in terms of safety and what are your personal comfort areas in terms of restriction. And you want to find some new area beyond what's comfortable within the realm of what's safe. And safe could also be safe for other people. So the, in my recent experience, this is slightly off topic, but it reminds me of it, of having COVID for the second time in November of last year. And I ended up in the intensive care unit. I'm not even sure I was supposed to be there, but that's what they do with you. They say, this could get really bad. So <laughs> we're putting you in intensive care and we're going to watch you. And uh, it did turn out that I had a collapsed lung and that's bad. And I guess it could have been worse. Um, but the funny thing is that I started to think not about my own health, but about my kids' health, because I thought, you know, uh, maybe some of these medicines like the vaccines or things might not be good for me, but maybe it would prevent me from dying, which would be better for them. And so now I had a different concept of my boundary, which was previously what was good for me. And now I'm thinking, well, what, if, you know, uh, what if what's good for me in the long term is not good for me in the short term and then wh who am i living for i mean normally the answer is myself but then i said well you know i've got an 11 year old son uh i have to think outside that box and um what a horror it would be if i died not for me but for him yeah. i mean at some point i'd say well if i die okay i don't care i'm dead you know i did the best and uh, this is what happened maybe i made some mistakes but here we are 
but for him it's like no that's not acceptable you know I, you know i've got to do i gotta look for his point of view so i mean that changing point of view sort of shifted things a little i i, I wrote a book about COVID already so i was informed about the details and i keep in touch with doctors who are in the emergency departments as my friend and they give me details and then there's the politics and so forth uh, there's no shortage of details but still finding what's safe is a different question from figuring out what's uh where you need how to get out of your box right right you know we, we see this in in movies and theater and drama and literature all the time you know the constrained person breaking free and then you know the moral tale about how far they went you know and you know how the ice broke when the pond was too thin i mean these themes are everywhere science fiction romance and um so just to get back to a thought of being a uh, impish and uh and disruptive i have been very interested in alternative states of reality now obviously alternative points of view sort of touch on that but alternative realities throw you into it um and you know we 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 are attracted to those to some extent we go to amusement parks and we go to movies and get involved in other people's dramas and um we invest or gamble and things these are all sort of fantasy projects and uh and i think athletics since i've been involved in mountaineering which is a kind of extreme form of athletic activity is certainly a gamble where you're judging what you might gain with what you might lose and uh now i find it almost ironic and somewhat disturbing psychedelics are back on the menu in terms of uh therapeutic tools um oh you know, they goodness. never were therapeutic they were yeah. recreational or ceremonial right. you say something? I, I was going to say the microdosing of them well i'm the and the heroic dosing of them mm -hmm. that's the the opposite of microdosing is heroic dosing um and it's sort of coming into some kind of fashion as a therapy and i'm involved with that but i find it rather uncomfortable it's like a a suit that doesn't fit because my background is much more ceremonial and medicinal is oh there you know there's something sick about the medicine medicinal approach the first being it assumes there is a sickness because otherwise why would you take a medicine and that's like that's like going to church because you think you're sick which may resonate with certain catholic points of view in terms of being sinful but that's bothered me too so what i'm saying is i like to think of breaking out of your box and retaining the realm of your safety I, I, i'm very ambivalent about the sick idea that you're sick or you're disabled or you need help and i try to get my clients out of that point of view uh -huh. i don't think it's very helpful I think there's something, uh, well, not evil would be going a little too far, but certainly exploitative about getting people to feel they're sick and need service. Well, that has been the standard model for a very long time. And I think um, a lot of people that are in 
doing what you and I do now. I don't even call myself per se a therapist anymore because I think that has a connotation that goes with it. And I feel like in many cases I'm mentoring someone or I'm coaching them, you know, hence the coaching. And that is much more acceptable because I never wanted to put a diagnosis on someone. And for years you had to because you build insurance and insurance had to go with the code. And so I tell people that I work with now, you know, we are not going to put you in that box and say you're depressed or anxious or, you know, you have PTSD or you have whatever. We're just going to say, this is where you are and tell me where you'd like to go and we'll figure it out. Um, let me put, a, again, I'm, I'm, I'm ca- casting off into new seas here. Um, I certainly agree with you. I almost feel like I should ask my clients, here are the diagnoses, which one do you want? <laughs> um, I, I don't think, because some of them are general enough that, you know, generalized anxiety disorder, how does that fit, you know? Right, right, um, personality disorder. <laughs> yeah, otherwise unspecified, right. right. Um, so I, I wrote a book, this, this comes to one of the topics uh, you wanted me to mention. I have a blog, I put posts out every month and then I charge people for membership if they want them every week. And um, so it's a free blog and I'm inviting listeners to sign up for it. And I'm offering them, this is both an offer and a segue into the next topic, a book called Becoming Lucid, which I wrote, which is a short book that uh, talks about four states of reality Uh, the waking state, the sleeping state, dreaming, that is, and um, the falling asleep state and the waking up state, hypnagogic and hypnopompic, which are rather short, but still are different and useful. And in each of those states, basically four parts of this book, I talk about what it means to be lucid in those states, because we assume lucidity is being conscious, but that's a short-sighted, narrow view of what lucidity is. Right. You can be lucid in dreams, and even that is not clear because ultimately, if you're entirely lucid in a dream, you wake up. Um, the full control over consciousness and your dream evaporates. Uh, so this book ta- is short. It talks about those four states. I think it's a useful way to s- approach the topic of states of mind. Uh-huh. And uh, so if you sign up, you get a free download of that book which includes hypnotic um, audios that you can listen to. I think there are nine of them that illustrate or take you into those states mm-hmm. and suggest how you might explore them. Anyway, so that, that's a pitch for signing up for the blog, which is it. Here, I'm going to give you the address. Yeah, please do. It's mindstrengthbalance.com slash subscribe underscore MSB. M, Mary, S, Sierra, B, Bravo. And one of the things in our time, unfortunately, is coming to a close here. But um, our um, when I put your show out, um, I do a synopsis, as you probably well know, of each show. And I will have the links that will allow listeners to go and, you know, subscribe and, you know, get your book. You also are doing a new book. You're going to be back with me in September. And you said your new book might be out by then. And the title of it is going to be what we're talking about today, right? Instant Enlightenment. Right. 
Uh, I think if the book's not out, they'll probably, I can still offer people a pre-release version. I mean, if you know anything about books, it's a multi-stage process. And yes, it is. So you can polish them endlessly and that's not advised. You <laughs> no, never finish. It's not because pretty soon you all of a sudden say, I need to change all of it. <laughs> so yeah, <clears throat> been there, done that with my own book. Um, Lincoln, I'm so sorry that our, our show is going to be a little shorter this time. Um, I think a lot of our listeners know that I am relocating uh, actually this Friday. And so I am up to the proverbial, you know what, and alligators right now trying to get everything done. But um, I will uh, send you um, this show and you can disseminate it to everyone. And uh, please um, join us again you know, in September uh, for a regular longer show with Lincoln. And please go out there and make this your very best day. Thank you so much for joining me today, Lincoln. Thank you, Lucy. It's been great. I look forward to it again. Okay. Take care. Okay. Bye, everyone. Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one -on -one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.